Over the generations, there have been comedy duos that have revolutionized the face of entertainment. Laurel and Hardy, Malcolm and Wise, Clegg and Cameron. And now, introducing Cock and Ball. What's going on? Hello, and welcome to the Cock and Ball Show with me, Alex Regan. And me, James Ball. Um, I hate that introduction. Right. I have to say, I'm just going to disassociate myself from it now. Okay. Um, I hate it for a multitude of reasons. Right. First, I hate being thought of as one part of a comedy duo. Second, I hate the way you say the word cock. You just, <laughs> you, it's like wine being swilled in a glass. You just, you I'm not going to lie, a lot of things are swilled in my mouth. No, they haven't. Uh, yeah, no, they haven't. That's true enough. Third. Oh, there's a third. Yeah, there is a third. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah, the third is that... Your Clegg and Cameron punchline doesn't warrant the music and the voice. Listen, I've got no... Br- I'd give it a bit of gravitas, you know. It's uh, it's quite stately, if anything. You know, this is no, a new not. era of comedy, no, if you think about it. On case I just, I just think any more jokes like that, you're going to have to re-edit the introduction to take the word comedy out of it. Oh. Well, it's, I mean, we say it's a comedy show. It's just basically me and you sitting in a booth in the Chesham building, just... Doing fuck reading all. the papers. Yeah, basically reading the papers. That's it. Yeah. So, okay, go on. If we we're going to do the introduction your way, how would you have done it? I'd have the first twenty seconds of hot chocolates that started with a kiss, and that's the reason why we didn't do your way. No, it's up for the audience. It's up to the audience to decide. What? So you want us to pop hot Both chocolate? People. They're not even an audience. Eavesdroppers. Yes. No. The yeah. eavesdroppers, which are basically me and you. Yeah. We're the only ones who's going to listen to the show anyway, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. And what my we do. brother. Hello, Jack. Oh, uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Jack Ball. How's it going? So, okay, I guess then what we'll do is we will um, play the first 20 seconds of Hot Chocolate then. See how that goes. Let's go. Down. Okay. It started with a kiss. Start with a kiss. Very nice. The back row of the classroom. Back row of the classroom. How could I resist the aroma of your perfume? You know, actually, I quite like this. Nice perfume, you Chanel number five. That's very nice. Nice Yeah, very nice. You were only eight years old. What? What? Sorry, I, I had I stopped it there. Eight years old. Right, okay then, so... Perhaps we shouldn't have gone out last night if we're here. We should explain to people this is Friday morning. Nine o'clock on Friday morning we've come in. Yeah, no, I'm pretty, pretty knackered. Yeah. Where did we go? Where's it place? Uh, We went to this place in, like, Shoreditch, the Strong Room. The Strong Room, okay. Yeah, great great little title. Yeah, I think it's fair to say it uh, attracts a type of person. Lots of knitted jumpers. Yeah, a lot, lots of sort of you know um, glasses with thick frames, but no lenses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's quite. I think we must have turned up on, uh, you know, a haiku night or something. Yeah, yeah, I like write haikus about the French Revolution. Would you mind if I read you one? Yeah, and I, I heard someone actually saying, "Yeah, no, I'm just working on my part-time blog. It's about my BBM post." <laughs> yeah, it was. Exactly. Yeah, it was very, very strange. I mean, actually. Me and you, just like for the eavesdroppers, we just sort of sat there holding each other's hand for half an hour, pretending to be very louche poetry mm. uh, writers. And uh, yeah. I put on the worst American accent ever. 
is <laughs> remember God that. knows why you did that. Yeah, I was just going. <laughs> yeah, James, you know, um, I I love your poetry. I think it just. Would you mind if I read you one now? Please do. Okay. I've, yeah. Okay. This one's called Dawn. Knocking on strangers' doors. Oh. The sun is like warm breath on the back of my neck. Mm. I hate you, Daddy. I hate you so much. You know what, James? That just that really sort of shook me. That's about core. that's about yeah, globalization. Basi- yeah, that poem. Yeah, no, and that's basically sort of the caliber of clientele <laughs> they get in yeah. this place. It was very, very sad, actually. Mm. But it made made me laugh. I had a good night. <laughs> yeah, a few no, cheeky it was peronies. <laughs> it was, uh, you know what? I just, I just thought we've got to about nearly five minutes through this show and we haven't even explained what this show's about. We sort of did. We said it was just us messing around going through the papers. That's true. So basically yeah. it's sort of, you know, um, uh, just us looking at the news of the week and giving a slanted view of it. So have you... Well, well slanted... <laughs> Just like ill-informed. Yeah, view. that's it. Yeah, that's reactionary, knee-jerk views. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but okay. and unfunny puns about them. Oh, you damn straight. Well, last night, uh, Alan Johnson, the one who looks a bit like David Bowie, resigned from the shadow cabinet. <laughs> I never, I've never thought of him looking like David Bowie. Who does look like David Bowie? I, I'd like to see him come. David in Bowie into... after a car crash, but David Bowie nonetheless. Yeah, no, I'd like to come in, in into like sort of a cabinet meeting or like in the House of Parliament. Dress a Ziggy. Yeah. You know, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Exactly. Just, you know, ground control to Major Tom. You know. Now, that's the problem I have with David Bowie impressions. Mm. People make him sound, even though he was born in Brixton, yeah. people make him sound like a hospital radio DJ who may or may not have spent most of his childhood in the Midlands. Hello, I'm David Bowie. No, that's not how he speaks. <laughs> I love that. The budget deficit. <laughs> I think that'd be brilliant. But no, no, you're right, you're right. Very, very true. Uh, uh, he's resigned amid allegations that his wife... David Bowie or... Alan yeah, Johnson? David Bowie. Uh, Iman has had sex with David Bowie's bodyguard, apparently. Oh, not again. Yeah, no. Damn Iman. Um, th- he's Alan Johnson's wife. Not damn Iran, sorry. I just, I just mm. need to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fat war against you. No. Um, the, uh, so, Alan so, Johnson yeah. has resigned amid allegations that either he had sex with a civil, uh, had an affair with a civil servant, mm. or his wife had an affair with Alan Johnson's bodyguard. Mm. Now, I what I don't understand is when did the bodyguard get a chance to sleep with Alan Johnson's wife? And did why? He do, when, when he wasn't guarding Johnson's body at some point. You know, I, I don't mean a, a body Alan Johnson has in his house. Maybe he has a lot of them, just sat round a just big, in the fridge. Oh no, just sat round a big table, like the dogs like, and cards. Like no, like a cabinet meeting. Oh, and great, he can yeah. sit down and pretend to be uh, prime minister for a little while, yeah. and maybe walk around and move their jaws. And does does an Edmund Man voice? You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure that's how Edmund Man speaks. No, but. I'm not suggesting Alan Johnson has a cold cadaver in his house but his bodyguard do you think he must have just said to him at one point presumably round Alan Johnson's house said do you know what I reckon you can pop round the block for a bit without me it's about well, time you had a bit of time on your own you sure because I mean you know all the death threats and everything, no no don't it? worry about it it's a tenner get yourself down to the cinema I mean I do live in Brixton so I mean are you sure that's like I don't think Alan Johnson lives in Brixton no I have no idea where he lives actually <laughs> no <laughs> in his car at the moment yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> to be honest, I think this is just bad karma because, I mean, he was a postman and Lord knows what he got up to on his rounds. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's delivering, you know, some hefty packages. <laughs> right. Okay, that's, that's, that's bad pun number one. So have you found anything interesting in the papers this week? Uh, yeah, actually I have. Um, I've been reading my favourite blog spot. Uh, that's the Diary of Liz Jones in oh. the Mail on Sunday. Yes, the columnist. Yes, and I mean, it, it's fantastic. I mean, I've never seen someone so, I mean, almost deconstructivist, you know, with, the, uh, with her diary entries. And I mean, talking about some of the worst atrocities that have occurred in the world and just making them quite trivial. Uh, no, the worst atrocities in the world that happened to Liz Jones are things that happened to her, like yes. her divorce and ooh, my marriage. They, yeah. they are to Liz Jones the worst. Oh, I have to wait two weeks to get my tax rebate. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. Exactly. Unbelievable. I think I know the story you're talking about this week, though. This mm. um, the story about Joanna Yates, isn't it? The the tragedy yeah, that happened as, in Bristol. Yeah, t- tell us a little bit about like sort of what so what she wrote. I mean, uh, firstly, the title is "Is Lovely Joe Becoming Just Another Thumbnail on the Police Website?" Yeah, which is so typically Daily Mail. I think they must just have a generator <laughs> to make headlines. Um, but no, this is a story of Liz Jones. She goes up to Bristol and she retraces Joanna Yates's last steps. And essentially just turns it into a lifestyle piece. <laughs> it's the most undignified, crude, and ill-thought-out piece of writing I've read in a long time. I think, I think it might be worth just reading it. Yeah, uh, let's take it from the top. Uh, the paragraph each? Sounds good. Cool. It's Friday night and I'm in the Ram Bar on Park Street in Bristol. This is where Joanna Yates spent her last evening before she set up, off up the hill past all the twinkly shops and bars, a Habitat, a Space NK Beauty Emporium, Bristol is nothing if not upwardly mobile, towards her death. (laughs) The bar is okay, but ordinary. The wine list chalked on the board says Lauren Perrier. I wish she had spent what were probably her last hours on earth somewhere lovelier. The food is awful. I asked for a veggie burger and it comes without the burger and without the bun. (laughs) But the young women behind the bar... Are sweet with huge, eye, huge wary eyes. Now listen, okay. how, if you get order a burger and it comes without a bun and a burger, you haven't ordered it. You haven't <laughs> got a burger. Yeah. The food is an awful. The food is absent. Is what it is. <laughs> okay. I love this. It's great. Okay, here we go. Lynn, uh, Lynn is working in this bar. Okay, yeah. uh, Lynn with white blonde hair, who was also working here that night, says she is more fearful now. I'm more nervous. It's just so mysterious. I leave the bar at 8pm and retrace Joanna's steps. Even though it's January, the streets are packed. There are a couple of women joggers, but they are with boyfriends or husbands. I walk past the beautiful university building on my right with Waitrose on my left. I wander the bright aisles full of young women rushing round after work, leaving with carrier bags and expectation. <laughs> so th- so just, just halfway through, yeah. pop in, do a bit of shopping. And, and they just think to my- themselves... I've got the rest of my life to live. Yeah, And exactly. I've got a beautiful mulligatawny suit. That's probably why they've got a bag for life. So true. Um, so true. Uh, Joanna Yates, wasted money. Why did she do that? I head up the hill towards Clifton. Do you want to take it from there? The leafy part of the city. is quieter now and darker. I find Tesco and go in. I almost buy that upmarket pizza. The choice tells me Joe wanted a lovely life. Something about above the ordinary. From a pizza... <laughs> 
the finest range. Yeah. yeah. No, no standard for her. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just so vile. It's terrible, isn't it? Um, okay. Well, uh, she then goes to Joe's house, of course. Yeah, and, of course. And uh, there's a policeman outside. Okay. Um, I tell him I'm spooked walking here. Don't be spooked, one says. Residents are campaigning to get brighter streetlights installed. Now, Liz isn't too happy about this. No. Uh, so the antique lovely ones are to disappear, to be replaced by ugly ones, because of something even uglier. Something even uglier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, is, that is the downside with murder, isn't it? You yeah, know? And, and well-lit streets, to be honest. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 they're not exactly, you know, just known for being these beautiful bespectacles. In no. the br- oh, God. No. Okay. Uh, that afternoon, I had gone uh, to the lane where Joe's body was found. It was horrible and windswept. I don't know what I expected, but not... This now, she stays there a while, and then leaves. And the best thing about this article is the last third of the mm. whole thing is just given over to Liz Jones's trouble getting out of the place <laughs> through the toll. Okay, so Clifton Suspension Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Satnav takes her to the Clifton Suspension uh, Suspension Bridge. The theory is the killer took the long route from the flat to where he dumped the body to avoid the CCTV cameras. Perhaps he also wanted to avoid the 50 pence toll. <laughs> Perhaps he did. Oh, um, God. I didn't, I didn't have 50p and tried tossing 30p and a white company button into the bucket. It doesn't work. Oh, there is now an angry queue behind me. Isn't it interesting that you can snatch a young woman's life away from her in the most violent, painful, frightening way possible? Take away her future children, her future Christmases, take away everything she loves. And yet there are elaborate systems in place to ensure you do not cross a bridge for only 30 pence. (laughs) Finally, a man in a taxi jumps out and runs to me brandishing a 50 pence piece. Not all men are monsters, he says, grinning. Maybe not. But one monster is all it takes. <laughs> that is oh, the most disgraceful piece of journalism I've seen in a long time. I mean, is that even journalism? No, or it's just not. a diatribe yeah. of, of the Clif- Clifton Suspension Bridge toll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, how is it fair that p- some people are murdered and yet you can't cross a bridge for not the specified price? I mean, to be honest, I feel bad for the Ram Bar in Bristol Park Street because that's just bad advertising. For them, yeah, that is. Yeah, if anything, I was, oh, that is. Liz Jones Jones ordered a burger and it came without the burger and the bun. All the bun. Don't you just hate it when that happens? Maybe maybe she's got the coleslaw. It doesn't specify. No, it doesn't say exactly what she gets. Although, whatever she did get was apparently awful. (laughs) Dreadful (laughs) story. Right, okay, there's there's been another great little news story this week. Um, And I've given it my own little title. Go on. Okay, it's called the BNP B&B. Oh, yeah! Like, you know, I'm going to read it out for you. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, do. Well, do, before you start, just give the listeners ten seconds to catch their breath and wipe their eyes after okay. that joke. That'll do. Yeah, yeah, not ten seconds. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was the week where another blow was struck to the Christian religious right when a Crown Court prosecutor ordered hoteliers Peter and Hazel Mary Bull to pay five thousand pound damages to a gay couple who they refused to service at their hotel. When being interviewed about the incident on Gaydar Radio, Mrs. Bull responded, "Get your fucking hands off me! You might have AIDS." <laughs> So oh, yeah. God. I don't. Hotels are places people go to do 
horrible thing. That's probably where Alan Johnson went with his civil servant or his wife with the well, bodyguard. That's libelous. Depending on, <laughs> depending on which story turns out to be true. No, one of them will be true. Definitely. When somebody so. says they have family issues, you have to think, well, they didn't look the type, but fair enough. <laughs> there we go. That's absolutely fantastic little story. Another story I found this week. It's, this is my favourite story of the week right, by okay. far. This is a story about a young man called... Prince Summerfield. Well, 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 Prince Summerfield. Yep. Okay, right. Just give me a second. Okay, right. I'm done now. Expertly That's done. Thank Fantastic. You. Um, Prince Summerfield, um, he went to school. He's in year nine. Uh, right, so about 14, 13. Yeah, about 14, 13. Yeah. Or so they thought. Oh, hello. Um, Prince is 24. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I wasn't expecting that. He's got the biggest blazer I've ever seen. Apparently, he'd just been expelled a lot when he was younger. Yeah. And he's decided to re enroll, do his GCSEs again. So, so he's got SATs, SATs years. Good, yeah. Good time so, to go. <laughs> so he's gone to school. Yeah, just before he chooses his options. Okay, how did they find him out, out of interest? I'll tell you why they found him out. He's five foot eight. Uh, <laughs> Ten stone, <laughs> and the other kids aren't that big. <laughs> and he's got the biggest blazer and tie I've ever seen. Do you know they they were suspicious already yeah. because I mean he has the best part of a beard, <laughs> and but the, the, the he fell at the first hurdle. Go on. He said, "What's your date of birth?" Um, twenty fourth of September, nineteen eighty six. Sorry, what? 96, sorry, oh, 96, right. yeah. You're sure, you're sure about that? Because you said 86 <laughs> yeah. a couple of seconds ago. Yeah, that's the... That's the I, I'm going to call that a schoolboy era. <laughs> schoolboy <laughs> era. Grange Hill music. <laughs> right, okay. Have you ever pretended to be older for any particular reason? Um, yes. Ashamedly, yes, I have. Go on. Well, okay, basically, um, I hate to say this, but um, I'm, uh, I'm on Match.com. Yeah, <laughs> my girlfriend dumped me sort of over the summer, and I had a very drunken night of just on the internet. And I thought, right. let's do it. That's it. Yeah, Match dot com. That's the way to go. So, if any of the eavesdroppers want to look me up, that's a Reganator ninety. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I um, isn't it the case with Match dot com though that people just they put when it says that there's a little box for personal attributes yes. and things you like and stuff like that, and people just put oh. I like going out sometimes, and sometimes I like staying in. You know, oh yeah, so do I. So you like the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so do I. Sometimes I like going out, and sometimes I like staying in. We're a perfect match. Anyway, we're going to get back to the story. No, okay. So, sorry about that. Um, basically, um, I thought no one's going to want to go out with sort of a twenty-year-old student with no money and the biggest overdraft in the world. So I thought, you know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to say I'm a graduate, and I'm twenty-four. Yeah. And I think that's semi-believable, you know. I no, because if you ever end up going out with someone, you're going to have to put a suit and tie on every morning at seven and just morning. go and, <laughs> and just go and sit in the McDonald's car park until she goes out. A couple of double cheeseburgers, bang, <laughs> done. Yeah. So yeah, I did that, and then um, fatal error. Go on. My username is Reganator ninety. Oh no. So I mean, they you're a nineties so, child. Yeah. So so they go. Why, so why why is it ninety when you're twenty four? Go. Uh, don't know. Don't know did, year Thatcher got out of government. You know, it's a great year. 
Yeah, I got found out. I got yeah. trumped. It was yeah. T- yeah, I got Donald trumped. That was absolutely oh. terrible. What about you, mate? I when I was about fifteen, we just got cable, and uh, you have to have the bills pay- bill payers permission if you want access to anything adult. Oh, on the show, a bit saucy. And my mum is the bill payer, <laughs> so <laughs> I rang up. Now this isn't only a story about being older. This is a story about putting on a woman's voice <laughs> and asking them to activate at adult channels. So it just went something like this. Hello. <laughs> oh, yes, this is Mrs. Ball. Yes. Can you put the adult channel on for me, please? That actually Had your did balls that. dropped at this time, by the way? Or was that your actual voice? <laughs> no. I, the thing is, because obviously the bill came through, yeah. and my mum found out. But she rang, she rang the channel. And they said no, 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 and a woman rang and activated it. She couldn't work it out for the life of her. She's never going to listen to this either. So, well, there you go. That's fine. So, um, on her part, a schoolboy error. So, okay, I've got a new segment. Go on. It's called Pete Waterman News. What's he been up to? Well, you're going to find out in Pete Waterman News. So. He made a statement the other day saying that uh, steps aren't getting back together. Are they not? Were no. They? Oh, were they ever? No. And that's Pete Waterman news. Woohoo! Yet another section of the show I wasn't consulted about. Yeah, there's a reason for that, because you wouldn't let it on. Of course I wouldn't let it on. I think it's okay. Dear listener, I found out about that segment when you did. I mean, if we've got any listeners left. No, that's the saving grace. They'll have turned off after the strong room anecdote. <laughs> to be honest, Jack, your brother, is already turned off. You oh, know. I think a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's blood. We can pretty much say anything we want now in this podcast. Isn't I know. It? Have we got any more news stories? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay, go on. We've uh, uh, There's one that's um, come out in the last hour or so about uh, Andy Coulson, the communications director for the coalition government. He's recently resigned under allegations uh, about his phone tapping when he was the editor of News of the World in yeah. 2006. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there must be something in that. He, I, I don't know. Who was he alleged to... Well, not it wasn't him, was it? He was the editor. No, so no, he was the editor, and basically he was, he was, he was culpable was. for the actions yeah. of his um, journalists. So... Um, there was the royal family. Yes. Certain members. There's Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown, yeah. That must have been fascinating. Those fascinating, yeah, a Presbyterian's take on economics. <laughs> no, no wonder people weren't picking up, just sending him to voicemail all yeah. the time. Actually, Sienna Miller. Yeah, Sienna Miller. I love one one uh, element of that story. Because they, she alleges they tapped her phone, Jude mm. Law's phone, and her mum's phone. I don't know what headlines they were expecting to get from that. Yeah. You know, front page of the uh, News of the World. Sienna Miller treats this house like a hotel. <laughs> Sienna Miller didn't put her cup in the dishwasher. No. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. But, um, okay, uh, there is, um, there's an article. Have you got that? Yeah, I, there's a wonderful quote uh, from John Prescott. Yeah, because he's Who, talking about um, the, Met, uh, the Met's uh, investigation of the phone hackings. And uh, basically... He, he says his was done as well. Yeah, he says his was done as well. Okay, and this is what he says. I'm not a fan of the Met, and I don't think they've covered themselves in any glory over this whole affair. They've been more involved in covering up instead of proper investigation. Now, I might be wrong about that, but I love that. I love that he has a sudden strike. 
of realising that that's quite libelous. That's unbelievable. Well, oh, good John. old John Prescott, I mean, the, the egg-slinging cretin. Well, no, no, <laughs> it wasn't him, was it? Oh, I, I've got no idea. I don't really keep up with politics. It's all boring. <laughs> Which uh, is handy when you're doing a topical radio show. Yes, you know, a topical radio show and also, you know, a third-year history student should have some sort of, you know, <laughs> perception of what's happened in, you know, the daily politics. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, mm. Certainly, and I mean, Coulson is not a very interesting man, so this is probably going to be sort of the highlight of his career. No, yeah, <laughs> so, okay. um, uh, you know what? Another another little story that's come through sort of in the last hour is um, we're talking about Alan Johnson resigning for family issues in inverse commas, and um, the one that's come through is Ed Balls is now replacing him as Shadow Chancellor. Yep, uh, so he'll be working. Well, he's still working with his wife, isn't he? I've always thought, yeah. the, the thing about that is, you know that there were teachers at school, always, there was one, t- two teachers that were a couple yeah. in every school. And you think, what, what do you talk about when you go home? You know yeah. exactly what the other person's done all day. Because exactly. you did exactly the same. You saw them in the staff room. <laughs> then yeah. It made, made them a cup of tea, you know. Yeah. Oh, you had that Mars bar. That's, uh, yeah, you're supposed to be watching away cholesterol. Oh. Um, yeah, mm. <laughs> but, I mean, basically, uh, yeah, I, I sort of like the idea that they're having, like, a domestic in a cabinet meeting and Ed Miliband's sort of like a mitigator you know yeah. he's just like guide 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 just calm down you know it's all right we are going to beat the conservative I David Cameron will not win now it doesn't matter who didn't turn on the dishwasher just I didn't know Louis Spence was in the cabinet <laughs> that's, that's not the best Ed Miliband impression I'm not quite Rory Bremner no. uh, yeah, you're funny for a start <laughs> you're not a big fan of impressionists are you no it's lazy <laughs> I'm not a fan of anything like that. I don't like dra- dramatised uh, biopics or anything like that. I think it's mm. easy. Well, uh, uh, what about that sex and drugs and rock and roll? That's quite good. Uh, All you have to do is recognise that an actor is mimicking an actual human being quite well. And and then you come out thinking, oh, that was a good film. Yeah, he did a good, good portrayal of a natural man. <laughs> It is more interesting probably watching the actual man. So, okay. Precisely. Um, oh, well, okay, we were talking about that. So why don't we talk about um, film news? Because there's um, a couple of new films, releases, you know, Oscar buzz, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, one of them is called The Black Swan. Right. What's that about? Ballet and shit. Right. Probably won't go and see it, though. No. And that's film news. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. That is the not end as of the easy show. as it looks, is it? It really isn't. I, I mean, we the, must apologise. That was a law of diminishing returns. Uh, it really was. I mean, I think it sort of peaked with. Um, it started with a kiss. Yeah, that was yeah. that was basically the best. And then the repetitive Grange Hill music. I mean, I'm I'm having nightmares about it now. We're not using that ever again. No, definitely not. Sorry, we're just yeah. We're oh, we'll get better. It. Stick with it. We'll yeah. get better. <laughs> a promise yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who I'm trying to convince probably me uh, to be honest actually I'm, I want to apologise actually to the listeners um, yep. the fact that I uh, I said some very silly things um, I used the term bespectacled yeah you called lamp yeah you said that lampposts were bespectacled yes, yes. that's not right I apologise and also I uh, about the Hazel Mary Bull story the BNP BNP I said uh, what was it? Uh, the, uh, it was the just Christian a, religious right. Just I mean, a tautology. That's a tautology. So yeah. I've got a couple of apologies myself. I Go think on. at one point I may have accidentally 
um, implied that sex between two men was horrible. Yeah. And I didn't mean to at all. And But to be fair, I mean, no one's going to be listening to the show, so you're no. not actually offending anyone. No. And secondly, I must have said that uh, Prince Summerfield had a big blazer at least half a dozen times. <laughs> So, yeah, I was, I was wanting a big blazer, big blazer, big blazer, big blazer. So, that's apologies out the way. Yeah, there's apologies out the way. And um, just want to thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if you are tuning in, if you're not, fuck you. <laughs> I think they want. I think they want one more grain shell. One more grain shell. We'll leave them Here with you that. come. <laughs>